Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the World of Wellness Podcast. I'm your grateful host, Megan Wren. So happy to be here as always. Today we have a special guest on the podcast, Dee Wagner. Dee is a therapist. She is the founder or originator of Chi for Two, which is learning how to embody your body. And it's dealing with the polybagel theory, which we talk a lot about in this podcast but it helps us create a relationship, a better relationship with ourselves and therefore other people. So in this podcast, we talk a lot about the energetic dance that we do with other people and why that's important and why our sense of self is important. So I'm going to be completely honest. This is a very heavy podcast. The It's not like triggering or anything like that, but we talk a lot of anatomical things about the nervous system. So if you don't quite get the anatomical stuff, that's totally fine. Just keep going through it. But you really will find a lot of value in how our development influences the way that we are as adults, the way that our bodies respond to stress and what that really means and how we can navigate that and what we need to do to be able to heal that nervous system dysregulation. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's really informative. And here is Dee. Dee, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Would you mind starting by introducing yourself? Hello. Thank you. I am so honored to be here with you. I am a long time licensed professional counselor a board-certified dance movement therapist, a somatic educator, and I am an expert in scientist Stephen Porges' polyvagal theory. Well, I'm actually glad that you said that on the very last thing because that is one thing that I wanted to talk about because I've talked, we've touched on the polyvagal theory on here, but I would like to kind of explain what it is a little bit more. So can we start there? I would totally be honored to do that. Um, In the last couple of years, I, along with colleagues, have created a new trauma healing method called Qi for Two. Qi, as in energy, C-H-I, could be Q-I, but we call it C-H-I or X-I or some other ways of saying Qi. We call it C-H-I, Qi for Two. And it is polyvagal based. It's based on my understanding of polyvagal theory. And it helps get at some of the things that other people miss. Polyvagal theory came out of Stephen Forge's study of the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is the nerve that serves the parasympathetic nervous system. People have known that our sympathetic and parasympathetic systems are what we, what help autonomic functioning. We have sympathetic, which is active, and parasympathetic, which is calm. So how's this so far? Are you with me? Do you think your listeners are with me? Just, Just for us to get started. Yes. So the vagus nerve, which is the nerve, that serves the parasympathetic nervous system wanders all over the body. Vagus means wandering. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. But what Porges noticed 
is that there is one branch that is myelinated. It is coated, it is sheathed. It's like it's got a little coat on. Yeah. And that allows it to work in a more nuanced way. Now this branch, he calls the ventral branch because as it comes down from the brain, it is the 10th and longest uh, cranial nerve. And as it comes down, this ventral branch curves forward. If you put your hands there at the top of your spine, the base of your skull, usually feels really good to press in right there. Yeah. And then if you run your thumbs kind of along your spine, I mean, along your skull, there kind of as your skull curves forward to your jaw, mm -hmm. that's where the ventral vagal nerve kind of arcs forward. It's ventral, ventral means forward. Now the ventral with its myelination affects all these things that the cranial nerves are related to. It, it affects the movement of your eyes in the eye sockets. It affects your, your striated facial muscles, the flexing of the middle ear, which tunes out deep predatorial sounds and tunes us into the human voice. It affects the larynx. Like if you put your hand there in the front of your throat and feel, if you say, uh, and vibrate there. Yeah. So because it affects all these things, the turning of the head that are so important in relationship, that's the key. When people say, if you move this way, like if you gargle, if you hum, if you do these things, that's going to tone your vagus nerve. That's not necessarily so. What creates the, vag the ventral vagal engagement the ventral vagal nerves engagement is feeling safe. And that has a lot to do with the dance of relationship. So how are we doing this far? We're doing great. Awesome, awesome. We are relating. And we're hoping that your people listening are with us. This is some pretty intense, you know, kind of anatomical information. Everybody might want to just kind of rattle around, maybe do some alternate shoulder rolls. If you roll <laughs> one shoulder and the other shoulder, you can sort of feel that area where the ventral vagal nerve is there at the base of the skull, the top of the spine. Yeah. This, this alternate shoulder rolls is like on the one hand, on the other hand, you know, I kind of sort of get, but I don't know. Yeah. So... The vagus nerve, the whole vagus nerve, and it travels down from, the, down from the, the, the brain, down the spine. It has lots of branches around the heart and a whole lot of branches in the intestines, in the area down below the diaphragm. So the vagus nerve is like the brake, B-R-A-K-E, on an automatic car. You know how if, if the automatic car, if you don't have the brake on, it'll be rolling. So when you put the brake on, you can do that in very nuanced ways and control the activation. So when I first learned about polyvagal theory, which is in 2013, the thing that I was so excited about that I kept saying to everybody is, this is helping us know we have an active state that is not fight flight. Mm. Oh, I love that. Talk about relationships. I said those words and you went, hmm, like something clicked. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, Porges call this, calls this active state that's not fight flight, play dance. I'm a dance movement therapist. Yeah, there is this state and it can be very super duper, super duper active, but it's not fight flight. When we use this active state, we can feel a yawn come on. We can know that's enough right now. We can feel like, hmm, time to eat a little something. Time to drink some water. We don't need an app. Our autonomic nervous system can do what our autonomic nervous system is supposed to do and send us signals, take a rest, take a breath, sip some water, eat some food. When the ventral vagal, and again, those listeners who are might could use the movement to help you keep you connected to what we're talking about. Might want to touch again there. The ventral is at the top of the spine. They're at the base of the skull. They're coming down from the brain. When the ventral breaks, the day-to-day -day kind of activation in a certain kind of rhythmic way, then the dorsal down where the colon is breaks activation in a way that studies are beginning to suggest are what propels the contents of the colon. We know that the dorsal vagal, and it's called dorsal because it goes down behind the ventral, like the dorsal fin on a dolphin, and it affects the body below the diaphragm. When it has a rhythmic breaking that kind of matches the ventral breaking play dance, then the digestion is chugging along and working well. There's room in the pelvic floor when the diaphragm goes down for the pelvic floor to expand and there to be deep diaphragmatic breathing and deep oxygenation. And so when the ventral is creating a circuit which Porges calls social engagement system functioning, then we have rest and digest. Now, if we sense danger, we have that ability to shoot into fight flight. And then if we feel trapped, the dorsal vagal creates the state Porges calls shutdown. The therapists know that that is the state that we that's dissociation. So it, us dance therapists know that this break on digestion and it, and it keeps the pelvic floor lifted so the breath can't deepen, that that break inhibits movement expression. And seeing you nod, you, you, this is your thing, this is your specialty and you have relationships with your clients such that you invite a kind of dance that helps them feel safe. It helps them engage the ventral vagal nerve because they're dancing with you energetically. Right. You're smiling, they're smiling, your tone of voice. They're hearing why ever this movement was inhibited way back when it got inhibited and it doesn't feel available to you. They can dance with you and they can begin to feel it's safe now. 
Now, what we know from the work of Peter Levine, and first let me check in again. How are you doing? You with me? This is a lot of stuff. It is a lot. I'm I'm with you. Is there anything you want to say to your listeners that you think might help this land for them? Um, not right now. No. Okay. So Stephen Porges and Peter Levine, longtime trauma expert have been friends for 30 years. When I first heard polyvagal theory, when I first read the book, Polyvagal Theory, which I did with a medical dictionary right next to me, um, I kept thinking, this is so like Peter Levine's work. It so supports Peter Levine's work. And then I found out that they would have been friends and they would walk on the beach and talk about theories. And so I, that's why their theories fit together so well. So we know from Peter Levine's work with trauma, that when a movement has been inhibited through dorsal vagal shutdown, now with polyvagal, we thought we know how anatomically it happens. The dorsal. So, so sorry. So we're saying dorsal vagal. So like the back of the vagus nerve. So it travels down behind the ventral. Okay. So let's get super anatomical. Would that be okay? Yes. So actually the vagus nerve has a right branch and a left branch. Okay. And in the right branch and the left branch, there's a front branch and one that goes down behind the front. So therefore dorsal back behind Yeah. and has many other branches. The one, the one that has two, but they both come forward is myelinated. Okay. And the, the two that go down the spine and have lots at the heart and a lot there below the diaphragm, that's all called dorsal. Okay. And then the the myelinated, which has like the coat on it that's in the front, um, that why, what does it do that the dorsal can't do because it is myelinated? Yeah, what a great question. Uh-huh. But the myelination allows it to have a more nuanced response. That nuance breaking, that kind of, is this okay? Oh, it's okay. Is it? Is this okay? Oh, it's okay. Is it okay? Yeah, it's okay. Is this okay? Yeah, it's okay. Is this okay? Uh-huh. Is this okay? Yeah. Hey, this, wait a minute. Is it still okay? Are we still okay? Are you still okay? Oh, we are. Hey. So that, that very nuanced check-in, release, check-in, release, check-in, release. And that's what creates play dance. That rhythmic breaking that feels like, you know, hey, we're staying in touch and I'm with you and you're with me. And if I lost you for a moment, I might stop. The vagus might engage and I check in, you know, and I ask a question and you answer the question and we energetically dance together. And that helps co-regulation occur. And each body is self-regulating because there is co-regulation. We, we're sending messages of we feel safe and it gets passed back and forth in that very nuanced way because it's got the myelination. Got it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas the dorsal is made to respond quickly because, whoops, I'm trapped. I better shut down and have no movement, very little movement. Maybe only the movements that I know will work with every group of people in every situation. Um, that makes me think 
just like from an exercise standpoint of why somebody might have trouble starting a like fitness or like starting to want to move or like go for a walk because then they would there's that fear of like I don't want to move and I don't know what's going to happen if I do move absolutely I don't feel it doesn't feel safe right but I don't understand that you know it's like in my head brain I have this sense well obviously I'm safe but my belly brain, my intuition that is patterned over generations says, don't show up here. Don't show up. Don't move. Don't take up space. Don't strengthen your muscles. You know, oh my goodness, what might happen if you got strong, if you got fit? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... The, the one that is the dorsal that is unmyelinated makes those quick freezes. And um, then when you wake up movement expressions that have been inhibited in that way, what we know from Levine's work is the body is designed to have a burst of fight flight because in wild times, you would use shutdown for when you felt like you were about to die. You know, the, the lion has caught you and is got its teeth on your throat, but right now they're carrying you around like they would the young. They're not, they haven't killed you yet, but you feel death is near. Shutdown is how we die. Shutdown makes death less painful. It creates an analgesic effect. Wow. And if that lion feels like we're dead because, you know, we're still and puts us down long enough to attend to their young and we sense there might be time if we shoot off enough fight, if we shoot off fight flight, we might actually be able to escape at a moment. But then the lion comes back. We go back into shutdown. The lion goes away. We go into fight flight. So our bodies are designed. This is like the big news. Our bodies are designed to bounce back and forth between fight, flight, shutdown until we get back to safety. So when people come into my office and say, Dave, I'm afraid I'm bipolar. I just keep bouncing back and forth between anxiety and depression. It's so great to be able to explain your body's just doing what bodies are designed to do when you sense danger. And then people are like, well, why, why would I feel like I'm in danger? Everything's fine. And that's because the danger your body is sensing. There's, there's actually four kind of things that can be going on, but often it is danger that is old. It's danger left over from when we patterned our nervous system when we were babies. And somehow certain moves were too much for the, the family system, for the cultural system. And now when we're going to go change our movement and work with a fitness coach, those same old messages about don't take up too much space. Don't be too loud. Don't, don't kick. Don't do those moves that those machines in a gym, you know, train you to do. Don't get out and walk and take up space. And so when you are holding support for them, it helps them feel Back then, at some point in time, when you were little, when your parents were little, when your grandparents were little, this wasn't okay. But as you dance with me, more and more you begin to feel 
Oh, it's okay now. It's okay now. Yeah, I see you nodding. Yes. It feels like that's connecting. And it's like, are you experiencing like, oh yeah, that's what I do. That's what happens in sessions with me. I don't think that I maybe thought about it before like that, but you explaining that makes a lot of sense. And then that would also make sense of why people stick with something or with somebody for an extended amount of time because they make them feel safe and so that makes me feel good yeah 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 well and she for two imagines I mean we understand that when helping professionals know that that's what's going on that people who are coming us to us for help it's often little baby parts of them that like help me feel better, help me live in my body more effectively. So when you know that and you know that you can hold circles of support energetically that allow persons to wake up that inhibited movement expression and feel that fight flight kind of version of, whoa, this is weird. Something about this does not feel okay. But I got Megan there. Megan seems to be signaling that this is okay. So I'll, I'll try a little more of it, you know, and then I experienced that it's okay. There she is. Her eyes are twinkling. She's got that look that's saying it's okay now. And that, yeah, it wasn't okay at some point. Your body's not crazy for giving you that feeling that there was once a time when this was not okay. So that's true. Maybe, maybe it wasn't okay for many generations for people to speak their truth or put their foot down about something that doesn't feel okay or just say no thank you because you don't really want the offering. So how does Chiefer 2 integrate the polyvagal theory? I am loving hearing, catching the word integrate. Um, Chi for two is so, grows so out of polyvagal theory. It's almost like polyvagal, well, it is. Now that I say it, I'll be clear. The polyvagal theory is what integrates everything else. Polyvagal theory, when I understood polyvagal theory, it was like all the puzzle pieces came together because I understood the anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it helps us understand Peter Levine's work, as you just saw, about how there can be times when you can move certain ways with certain people in certain situations. And then there can be other times where you feel just so like not yourself. You know, things just feel so not okay. You don't feel you, um, you don't feel safe, you don't feel comfortable. And that awakening and working through those times has that feeling of this must not be the right direction because it is so uncomfortable for an example so as well as being a dance movement therapist i'm a performer i'm a dancer i my undergrad was theater and when i was young performing i didn't know it at the time was like baby me 
wanting the audience in the dark out there to be like my parents and and look at me in the way that I see that you look at your clients, to be that invitation to risk moving in ways that I hadn't moved before and that they would cheer and applaud. And, and of course that made me incredibly nervous. I was so nervous when I was performing. It felt like, and it would feel impossible. And it would feel like this just can't be the pathway because it feel, there's so much fight flight about it. And then as I did my own therapeutic journey myself, I began to realize what was going on. And as I learned about polyvagal theory, which was much later after I'd become a therapist and been a therapist for many, many years, I've been a therapist for 30 years. I'm 65, so I've been doing all this life thing a very long time. Um, I got to understand that that uncomfortable feeling is something to do in therapy, not on stage. And so my therapist, as my audience, I would risk movement. And um, as my therapist looked at me the way I see you, I, I see you picturing clients and having that twinkle in your eye, that welcoming, that inviting them to go on this journey and move through that place of something doesn't feel okay, Megan, what's this? And you just holding that space. And um, so that's what happened. And I began awakening more movement, more movement and more movement that was available to me. And then I began to realize when I'm on stage performing, I am the mother, I am the parent. I am inviting the audience to be there transformed self to, to come and feel a bit uncomfortable about something that's happening on the stage. And then for me to hold space for them to move through that. So they leave the performance feeling moved, feeling some transformational something. So I see you smiling now. Is there anything? Well, yeah, it just, it, it, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about myself to become frankly honest but like I'm starting to do like open mic things with reading my poetry and singing my songs and so to like have that flip in perspective of like I'm inviting them to share this experience rather than like me giving an experience I've completely changed the dynamic and how you feel about doing it and it's kind of exciting yeah yes 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 that's yeah. what I found yeah because I wasn't nervous I was excited for the dance for the improv of um inviting them and then responding to them and dancing with them and are we connected just like that ventral vagal are you with me and oh okay you are and then are you still with me and then here's another little piece are you with me and um and it totally changed performing yeah Okay, so let's talk more about, so we have the, the, is it all, tell me more about the energetic dance that we do with other people. Awesome. So one of the biggest things to know about the energetic dances that we do with people is what are the power differentials? 
There are certain relationships in which there's ideally power equality. Siblings, friends, colleagues, lovers. Ideally, there's power equality in those relationships. And then there are other relationships where there's a built-in power differential. A client comes to you wanting help, especially something as vulnerable as wanting help with how they live in their bodies. Even just an audience coming to listen to your poetry and saying, I, could you transform my way of thinking or my way of feeling in sharing your poem? So there's a built-in power differential. Now, how does the person who is the leader, the person who's been given the power, hey, I paid you five bucks to listen to your poetry. <laughs> Um, so that means I'm, I'm reach grab pulling towards you. Could you give me something? That projection onto the person in power, person in a, a, a position where there's a built-in power differential. When the people who have that power know that they are like wild mammal carnivore men that they are holding space for the puppies to roll around together, puppy pile, and for them also to bite at each other. And mama wolf teaches, mama cat, you showed me your cat, your beautiful cat. Mama wolf teaches different ways to bite. Mama cat teaches different ways to claw. There's ways to bite your litter mates where your jaw is more open. People may recognize this kind of sound of like <sighs> So this ability to play within the relationships where there's ideally power equality. And then of course, there's the using the jaw to pick up your yaw. And think about that nuance, this, this jaw move that could pierce flesh and rip it from the bone, also can so tenderly, with teeth and all, pick up the young. So mama cats teach different ways to use claws to capture prey and to play with litter mates with claws retracted. You know, if you, if you put up your hand like you're about to push into a wall, and that kind of pow, pow, pow that kitties do. They even do that kind of marking, you know, with, with the pads, with the claws retracted. In Schieffer too, there are a fair amount of practices that involve palm to palm connection. If you, right now, everybody, everyone who's listening, if you take your hands and you push them into something, if you happen to be, Say you're sitting, yeah, on a sofa and you push your hands into the arms or in the arms of a chair or forward into a desk or you go stand and push into a wall. You can begin to feel that that's how you learn claw retraction. It's also how we find ourselves. So, so the person in the leadership role has a lot of ability to be a servant leader to, to listen and respond to the people who you are holding space for and dance with 
So you're not doing two, as you were sort of talking. I'm not reading to you. I am reading in response to you. So as I read my poetry, how I phrase it, how the, the, the vocal patterning, the facial expressions, the, the catching someone's eye, all of that is shifted as I recognize that I am in a position where there's a built-in power differential. And then how do I use that to hold space for the people who are in my care? So that totally shifts the dance. Yeah. Here's another one. So there are 40 chief or two practices. Five of them are for romantic partners. And some of those can be used in all relationships where there's idea, ideally power equality, lovers, siblings, friends, cousins, colleagues. So if you push back into that thing that you were pushing into, this is like puppy you pushing into mama wolf. This is kitty you pushing into mama cat, learning claw retraction. Now, if you keep one hand there, and put that other hand, now that you've learned to claw retract, and aim it towards someone in a power equal relationship to a litter mate, so to speak, say a lover. Now that you have your claws retracted, the palms of your hand could feel into the energy of another person like feeling a fire. So you can kind of sense what's happening with another person that's in a relationship where there's more power equality. So that sounds like you almost have to find and feel yourself before you can do that with somebody else. Whoa, yeah. Awesome, awesome that you could hear and feel that truth, yeah. So does that, would that kind of makes me just think of like codependent, codependency or dependency where like that would be maybe like I'm not comfortable pushing into myself or feeling myself. So then I want to project onto or feel somebody else and kind of be with their energy because I'm afraid to be with mine. Totally. Uh -huh. Yeah. We say in chief for two that when I push in to what's not me, <clears throat> and ideally that's a strong surface like a mama wolf, a mama cat, an elder, someone in a relationship where there is power, where, they, where there's a built-in power differential, because then that's what we're hiring them to do. When someone comes to work with you, their ability to push into you and you give them some resistance for their push when we push into what's not me when I push into what's not me when I push into my elder I find me I can feel my forearms if I push harder I can feel my core I can begin to feel my legs my feet I can begin to feel my ability to walk to move through space I feel safer I feel like I, I'm okay on my own. I'm not a baby that's needing someone else to bring me food and shelter. And so then I can show up as me and do what um, 
Louise Kaplan, who wrote a book called Oneness and Separateness. She talks about constancy. We can connect without feeling overwhelmed and we can disconnect without feeling abandoned because we have self. Mostly I'm basically repeating back what you said. Do you feel validated? Oh, uh, yeah, but that just also made me think that, that two things. One, you have to, well, it's like a dance, it's dancing with yourself almost and being comfortable with yourself. Yes. And the thing is, and this is the polyvagal stuff. When we're babies, we cannot dance with ourselves. And these patterns get passed down over generations. So body work involves redoing the baby stuff. And we can't just do it on our own. We can't just say, oh, if I move that way, I will tone my vagus nerve. My ventral vagal nerve that's myelinated if I just move this way. Now, if I imagine that I am, I have parental, I have parental people that are twinkling their eyes the way you do with your clients. You know, if people imagine, boy, if Megan saw me do this, she'd be like, go you. You know, it is this dance of relationship that redoes the early infant stuff that rewires the nervous system. That's how the nervous system functioning gets rewired is movement within an energetic dance of relationship that is a redo for what had to be in relationship. And then we're able to create sense of an internal parent there, an inner Megan coaching me on as I go for my walk. I'm enjoying seeing your mind. It's like, tick, 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 tick. you're really thinking this through. Well, it sounds like strengthening your sense of self. Yeah. And how do we do that? It has to be in a dance of relationship. Because that's how it, that's how we embody. We are the most dependent mammals at birth. And with our big old brains and our big old heads, we're really born too soon. We're like marsupials, but even marsupials, which is animals that where the mothers have a pouch, like a kangaroo, that even marsupials, they crawl out of the mother's vagina into the pouch. Now it's true that humans, when they're born, if you could put the baby skin to skin on the body it comes out of, we have a little bit of a birth crawl. Babies have, you know, their videos of babies crawling on the belly up to the breast. We are biologically programmed to connect to the body we come out of through smell. Um, I think this was a dream, but this is similar. But I remember I, it was a dream. I remember now, but I had a dream that I had given birth. I don't have any kids, but I had a dream that I'd given birth. And I, as a mother, freaked out because they weren't giving me the child right away. They were like, you know, how they like wait, but like, and how traumatic that has to be for the kid to not immediately go into like where your mom is or like where yes. like you just came from yes yes the body is biologically programmed to connect um absolutely absolutely there is a lot of science now about this about how 
shutdown happens. People do dorsal vagal shutdown when they don't get connected soon enough or organically enough, meaning they don't get to squirm and turn their heads and look, listen, flex their middle ear muscle, listening for the sound of that voice they've been hearing. Smell the breast milk. If you put a, a nursing pad of one mom with breast milk on one side of a baby's head and the birth mom on the other side, the baby will turn its head. And that doesn't mean there can't be very wonderful and successful adoption dances. It just means that the parents do so much better when they know that this baby has gone into, has inhibited certain ways of being, waiting to awaken and reconnect. And when they start to try awaken, there's gonna be a lot of that fight flight stuff. And when the parents know that and they don't feel like, oh, I'm, I must be a bad parent because my baby's got all this fight flight, when they know what's happening, then they're more able to dance with it. I see a smile on your face that looks like that is connecting in some way with something maybe even more than that dream. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very powerful stuff and you can feel it so in your body. Yeah. In our bodies, we can all feel it. There's a book by, um, I can't remember her first name, but Cara Morse is her last name, K-A-R-R-M-O-R-C-R-S-E called Scared Sick. And it's about how infant um, dysfunction, how infant trauma causes adult dysfunction and disease. It's based on the ACE study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study, which was a long study, very simple, just asking people about childhood experiences and then following them through their lives and looking at what kinds of dysfunction and disease occurred. So we used to think that, well, if you don't remember it, if your hippocampus hasn't developed your enough. Your nervous system remembers it. Yeah, that's that's Bessel van der Kolk's, the title of his book, The Body Keeps the Score. Mary, Martha Graham, the modern dancer, would say the body doesn't lie. So that's when right. you have the people who come in to do you know, some training with you and want to get more fit, and there's something like in the way, like what's wrong? There's something wrong. It's great to say, yeah, there is. There's something, some way of moving that got inhibited by dorsal vagal shutdown. And as you try to wake it up, it feels wrong. It feels like, you know, danger, danger, danger. It's old patterning. It's multi-generational trauma patterning. It wasn't okay then, but now with your support, it's okay now. Is that why, is that why humans are afraid of change? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's two reasons. I mean, one is that it awakens the, the movements that have been inhibited. Also, our animal bodies, our wild animal mama wolf with mama cat with kits and pups when there is routine, then that is another cue of safety. You know, the moon waxes and wanes, the day follows night. So when the system has a pattern to it, that is another cue of safety. And change can mean danger. Now, 
um, change can also just be something interesting and fun and curious. The first journal article I wrote in a peer-reviewed journal, those are professional journals, and the first one of those that I wrote about polyvagal theory, because everything I've written about is polyvagal theory. And, and I, have, I have some articles that are easily accessible. Like if somebody wants to go on the, the Elef Elephant Journal, it's an um, online mindfulness magazine. And if you Google, if you search my name, D. Wagner on Elephant Journal, there's a bunch of articles there about polyvagal theory, various kinds of polyvagal theory. But this one was in a journal article called um, Body Movement and Dance in Psychotherapy. And it was called Polyvagal Theory and Peekaboo. So peekaboo is about change. Oh no, the moms, dads, the caregiver who gives me food and shelter has disappeared behind that diaper. And then you, you start to hold your breath. Your, your ventral goes, is it okay? And if they reappear, oh, <laughs> that was funny, that was funny. You know, you went away and my ventral nerve gate and it braked, but it's nuanced because you came back in time. You know, if the parent's gone too long, then it has almost this, I've gone into shut down, maniacal, shoot off, fight, flight. <laughs> you can hear the difference. It's like when there's a little bit, when there's ventral vagal nerve engagements, it's a laugh. It's like a joke. It's like somebody is taking you down a path and then they switch the path and it's a funny change. But if somebody is, if it's a change that goes on too long and you've gone into shutdown, it's not funny. It's, it's fight flighty. I can't believe, I mean, I can, but at the same time, can't. I think it's just an eye-opening how strongly our developmental years influence how we behave as adults. Yeah, yeah, it's really true. And you are aware of it very deeply because this is your business. It's true. It's very, very, very true for every single person. You have more of the ability to see it and to resonate with what I'm sharing here because you see it every time you hold space for a client that's wanting to live in their body in a different way. Yeah. 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 That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a lot it, for whoever is still with us. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, for those of you who stuck with us this far. Okay, so you have um you have the cheaper two program, but then you also have where you can learn the methods, but you then you also have cheaper two embodiment coaches, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So who would be the type of person or like who would you suggest or like what place in somebody's point would you suggest that they see an embodiment coach? Yeah, whenever they would like to change how they live in their bodies. So it can be what a lot of people are talking about because they feel depression, they feel anxiety. Um, they feel a lot of bouncing back and forth between depression and anxiety. 
they find that that a lot of trouble is getting stirred in their romantic dances that they that they their partners and them kind of are triggering each other and they would like to live in their body differently so they can live in their relationships in more satisfying ways. Maybe they've had a child and that's triggering some of their own unfinished baby stuff. Another good time, you know, maybe they've got a work situation that is triggering some boss that is stirring up all this vulnerable material and they would like to develop um, more functional, healthy, pleasant, fun way of living in their body. Um, and then where would people go to find an embodiment coach? Yeah, well, and embodiment coaching is a new thing. So there are other embodiment coaches besides chief for two embodiment coaches. To find a chief for two embodiment coach, you'd go to our website, which is chiefor2.com. If they were even, if somebody even found this polyvagal theory stuff interesting, the Chief or Two website, chiefor2.com, takes you through a polyvagal journey. Like there's polyvagal 101, and then there's deeper versions into it and access to some of my articles and stuff on polyvagal theory. Cool. Well, we'll probably have to do this again at some time because I know that we just like undid a zipper <laughs> we didn't even unpack anything <laughs> <laughs> i mean we did but you know what i mean there's like yeah. a whole world there's here. a whole whole lot here yeah there's a whole lot here yeah well thank you for your time d oh it's an honor totally an honor thank you cool all right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today for to check out, learn more about D head to the show notes or chief or com. Again, it's all in the show notes and thank you so much for listening and so happy to help you master your energy. Have a great day and we'll see you next week.